Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you? But then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are joined by one of my good friends, Jade Turner. Jade is a musician and a mom and just a wonderful human being, and I just can't wait for you guys to hear all about her. So welcome, Jade. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, Jade, so before we get in, like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and stuff, but did you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Cree from a surprise Cree Nation. Um, I grew up pretty much moving all over Manitoba, all the northern communities. Uh, my mom was a nurse, so we moved. I actually moved probably 18 times by the time I was even in high school. It's really crazy to think about now. And so, um, yeah, I just moved around a lot and, and you know, always went home, of course, like back and forth from Grand Rapids to wherever it was I was living with my mom and I spent most of my summers in Grand Rapids with my dad and I am a millwright and a mom and I'm I'm an artist and I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, 18 times. That must have made it really hard to make like lasting friendships, connections, have that, you know, experience. Hey, it really is. And like, I feel like it like now that I'm older, I have a hard time keeping in touch with everybody like people that I that I know are like still my really good friends but because I'm so used to just like moving on to the next thing it's like hard for me to stay in touch with everybody if they're not just right here in front of me if that makes sense and that's like a ADHD thing too it's kind of like if you put something in a drawer and you just you're just gonna forget about it <laughs> uh... and it's not like I don't like love my friends I still love them to death but like I don't keep in touch with a lot of people just because of that and like it's it's just really hard like I'm just trying to like yeah, it's it's I, I noticed a, a a big difference in my relationship just lately, like since I started going to therapy and stuff like that, like just thinking about everything and like how I am and how my brain works. <laughs> yeah, so just you like, just recently were diagnosed with ADHD, right? Yeah, so um, we figure that my son is on the spectrum somehow, some way he's nonverbal. Um, he's three now and he just has like little mannerisms and it runs in my husband's family um, ADHD, autism. Um, so I was already watching out for that. And so I started researching stuff on it and I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) So I was like going through everything. I'm like, I have all of these things, like what the hell? And it just like everything kind of clicked after that of like, just like all the problems and like, not just problems, but like just the way that my brain is ever since I was a kid, I could see that um like now that I know it's like oh and everything just kind of made sense I was like oh that's what <laughs> and like a lot of people that are in music and have like songwriting skills and everything they they're on the spectrum some way somehow like I think most people are um not everybody obviously but um a big group of us we all have like the same stories and I think that's why we all just like kind of get along too because we all understand the way each other's brains work <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, my son's still not, they, they won't um, diagnose him until he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I think they said like probably kindergarten grade one, kind of like at least five and they'll start doing the testing and everything. Right. But right now he's just kind of like, we're just working with the speech therapist and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was really straight. And, and that happens with a lot of um, women specifically because like the typical ADHD people, like they're, they're like the, the kid that can't sit still. Um, and that's, that's a normal occurrence for boys, but not for women and girls, girls and women tend to draw back and they're like more of the space out Queens. So like, if you're, or like the people that cut you off in the middle of a sentence, because oh, they're just right. like, yeah, like they're, we're, we're trying to like, um, say what we need to say before we forget kind of yeah. thing. Like we're yeah. not trying to be rude or anything, but that's, and I used to do that all the time when I was a kid and I was just like a little chatterbox and everybody's always like, be quiet already. Why do you talk so much? <laughs> I was like, now that I see, now that I like think about it, like, oh man, it, like most of the problems I'll say um, that I had like in school and everything were all ADHD, but nobody knew back then um, mm-hmm. what they know now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy to, to think about like a lot. I, I could have been helped <laughs> a lot of things. and like sometimes I'm like oh man I wish I had the help when I was young you know but yeah, yeah it is what it is okay thank well you know what thanks for sharing that with us because it's something that we don't often look to get diagnosed as as adults right it's something you think oh you know we have to be diagnosed or detected as a child you never think to go and really get tested for that as an adult mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it happens with a lot of moms that that's when they get diagnosed is when they're moms. It's uh-huh. so strange. So yeah, a lot of people in their 30s, that's when they're getting diagnosed is when their sons are getting diagnosed. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I want to get into your music career. Okay, so for me, your music career began, and this is just for me because I was there. Your For me, your music career began at the NCI Country Jam. So I'm going to tell my version of this story. (laughs) So I went to go watch the NCI Country Jam. I remember, I think you were one of the the last, uh, one of the last singers to perform, right? Like near the end. And I was telling my husband when it was getting close to the end of the show, I was like, you know what? We should leave early before they announce the winners and stuff, just so that we can avoid the rush and get out of here and not get caught up in traffic. And then all of a sudden you got up there and you sang and I was like, oh my God. I was like, we have to stay. We're not going anywhere. She's <laughs> going to win. We got to see if she wins. It was just so freaking amazing. Like, and it truly was like, it truly, truly was like, so we had to stay and then you won first place. So can yeah. you like take us that back to that night, but then take us back to where your, your music journey began. Yeah, so I I used to do competitions like uh, Nori House was a big one for me, um, and I used to go to different reserves and just you know the singing talent shows. They they paid really good money, so <laughs> it was always good to place. Um, I always placed, but I've never been a person to win. Like I, I always placed like fourth or third, um, you know, in the money, but never first. I was a never a first place. Even still now, like I'm never a first place winner when it comes to that which is, it's it's a good thing. I'm saying that because it makes me always know that I need to keep working if, and then not like take for granted and just be like entitled. Yeah. <laughs> be like, I'm going to win. This. You know what I mean? Like I've never been that because it's like, I probably won't win. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> um, 
So I went to the NCI Jam the first time in a few years before I won that one. I can't, what, what year was that? 20, I don't remember what year that was that I won, 20, 2009, something maybe? Yeah, it was pretty early up. Where I was, but I went two years before um, and uh, there was a, a girl who's an incredible, incredible vocalist named Haley McDonald who won the first time I went. And I oh, was, I, I've heard her. Yeah, so she won and then I got, fourth place that time so I got the the Sydney Castell Memorial Award <laughs> so I was able to like once you win you can't go back so I was able to go back again so I did the two years later um but I had submitted a song that I wrote and they accepted me into the into the uh, competition but they wouldn't allow me to sing my song they said it was unfinished and I was like oh okay so like that was like my first um first time I was told like I have to work on my writing I guess <laughs> I never wrote before like so that was like oh okay I guess I suck at writing but it wasn't really like I was like okay I guess I have some work to do you know what I mean yeah um and it just made me want to write more but it was like really it was really cool because um so they gave us a whole bunch of indigenous artists that year and they chose a whole bunch of songs from a bunch of different artists and they gave us two to pick from each the one that I chose wasn't given to me. They, they were giving me different songs. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to sing these songs. They're not really like what I would sing normally. Mm-hmm. But that's what they thought would fit. So I went through the list. And I'm like, I went to the NCI and I was like, listen, <laughs> I can't sing these songs. <laughs> like, I need another song. Like, what what is the list? And there was another girl that had Sierra Noble's Possibility on there. And I was like, well, can I have that one? I love that song. Like, I, I have so much respect for um, Sierra Noble. And at that time it was on CMT. So I had known, you know, who she was. I was like, I, I love that song. And I, she's from Winnipeg. So I, I I knew who she was, you know, it's a small community of, of artists here. And um, I, I, yeah, I loved it. And the producer that I ended up working with later was the one of the writers on there too. So I was like, well, yeah, I want to, I want to do that song. I love that song. And I practiced the heck out of it. Um, I was working at GenPeg that time. <laughs> <laughs> And during my breaks, instead of going for a break, I would go and find there's this like one room where nobody goes into ever. And it's really loud in there. And I could just like, I'm sure they knew I was in there singing, but I would go in there and just practice the song because I was so nervous back then. I had really bad anxiety for uh, performing, but I just loved it. So I just did it anyway. And um, yeah, I practiced and practiced and I, I found like my version of that song and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And then it, yeah, I came into the city and was able to perform that song and it was just it was such a good feeling like I just felt good it was like first I was at the end of the show and that's where you for some for some reason in competitions it's really hard to score high at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. because they don't know if anybody else is going to be better and they you know what I mean so it's really strange you have to figure out where you're positioned and when there's 20 artists I was at the end like you said I think I was like 18 out of 20 so I was like oh nice that's a really good spot like, it's like, it's like that's perfect and then it was at the centennial concert hall which is like a huge place mm-hmm. like that's one of the best places to i think have a concert in in manitoba and i was able to perform there and it was like a whole experience they had limos they had like they went all out that year and it was a really really good time and all my family was there a whole bunch of friends were there like they all came in and supported me and that was really great and it just, yeah, it just worked out really well. Saying, saying my ass off, and then uh, there, I, there I go. I won. <laughs> <laughs> so, what came out of that? Like a record, you were able to 
I got $2,500. Um, and then they, they gave me, I got like so many spins on NCI, um, of that performance. Um, so that was cool. That was the first time I was like, you know, had like my own song, but was, it wasn't really my own song, but my own version of the song, um, being played on NCI, which is like across, you know, Manitoba. So that's really nice. Um, and then that year, the guitar player of the, um, the Dudiums were the, were the band and they decided that they're going to give me the guitar so that I can learn. I still haven't learned. It's still downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't learn. <laughs> it's just not in my, <laughs> it's so funny. I still have the guitar though. It's downstairs. <laughs> All the gestures. So, nice. Hey. Yeah. But like at that time I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn guitar. This is my first guitar. And I was so excited. And then, um, but nobody else knew, but at that time I was speaking to this guy, um, his name is Spatch and he's part of Eagle and Hawk. He didn't know me. And, uh, but I was talking to him and I'm trying to convince him to introduce me to people in the, in the business. And he's like, well, you're going to the NCI jam. So I guess if you win, then I'll introduce you to my producer. So they didn't realize that that was on the line for me. Like nobody knew, um, but me and my family. So I won and I called <laughs> off of the match. Guess who won? <laughs> and he's like, nice. I'm so proud of you. I was like, congratulations. And then, yeah, like not long after that, he introduced me to um, Chris Bergafni and, and Chris helped me in the studio. Like we, we did a, my first EP, which was up for my first ever, um, What's was an, it EP? an EP is like the it's not an album they don't consider it an album but it's um like a it's just a smaller version of an album basically because back then they would the albums were like 12 to 20 songs that was a long time ago right now a normal album is eight songs so my ep would be an album today okay (laughs) it's just yeah it's just funny um but it's like not for it's not a, a for sale item it's like a an item you use to um to basically like shop around and to find like different uh people in the music business to know who you are kind of thing yeah your introduction to the world I guess but of course I had no idea what what I was doing back then (laughs) I think I played one gig and then for somehow I don't know how that happened but um was like the next year after it was released I got an Aboriginal People's Choice Music Award nomination then I was able to perform at the MTS Center with with that um which was freaking crazy for me to be honest mm-hmm. like it's been a journey <laughs> yeah, don't you wish so yeah don't you wish that like early on you knew more like I remember reading one of your posts one day and you're you, you said something like okay I thought you were supposed to write a song all of a sudden get like rich and famous and then you don't have to work anymore <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I would probably write that <laughs> Uh, just to laugh at myself because it's like there's like so much to learn in the music business it's crazy and like um it just it changes every year too like there's more to learn every single year um new things and like you know social media just rapidly changed everything and then Sirius XM came along and it's been it's been a like a crazy time to go through all of that but I, yeah and you're a self what would you call an indie artist right so yeah, it's like self-managed, self-managed indie, indie artist which I think is the way to go now but then because you are a self-managed artist it's like you have to figure this out on your own you have to find people to show you what you do or hire people to help you and all of that stuff so tell me a little bit about like what that journey has been like 
Yeah, I've been brave enough to to reach out to other artists and ask them questions. I'm probably really annoying, but I don't really care. But I, I always like if I see something that somebody's doing, I'm like, how did you do that? Who yeah. did this for me? You know, I'm I'm very open to learning that way. I'm never like afraid to ask because most of the artists are willing to help. Like me, anybody ask me a question, I'm usually like, I'll I'll answer to the best that I can, and try and help. You know, um, because there's no school for this, so it's like <laughs> we're learning from each other, and that's it. You know, um, yeah. and some people gatekeep that information, and <laughs> it's super strange. Yeah. Um, and I I'm not, I don't like that. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't remember or whatever. Yeah. Like, I remember, but it's super strange that you're not going to tell me, but okay. <laughs> right. Because people just have to get into this mindset of there's room for all of us. You yeah. Know? I'm not coming in to try and take your space. There's enough mm-hmm. space for all of us. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's got me a lot, a lot of places, like just making those connections with people. Um, a lot of the music business is connections yeah and that's just the way it is um so you have to get out there and like attend things network Mm -hmm. um so then you know that means for you because you're a full-time millwright who works very long hours you know what is that like for you to try and balance that mom work wife and then career it can be a lot it can really be a lot. And I sometimes take my computer to work and work during my um, breaks and lunches uh, to get stuff done, especially if I'm releasing a single that week and I have a bunch of stuff to do. I, I'm taking my stuff with me to work. Like there's just no, there's no room for me to have that, you know, little, I put it down from when I pick up my son till he goes to bed and then I'm back on it until I go to bed. You know what I mean? During those weeks. And it's really, really hard. Um, thankfully, uh, I have a really good support system. And even at work, the guys support me. Like they're 100, like my, all my bosses that I've ever worked with so far. Well, there is one that was not very supportive, but he's gone now. <laughs> he's retired. <laughs> um, but like, I've, I've had a lot of bosses throughout the years and like all of them are like, why don't you do the two-year leave? Because there is a way that I can do that. I didn't feel that I was in the right position to, to, to do the two-year leave, but I think it's going to be coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Because I'm at that place now where I, I've networked and I've met all these people and I'm, you know, I'm ready. I feel that I'm more, I'm a lot more confident than I was back then to, you know, go on a tour and like yeah. jump on, you know, but I'm not going to do that without a team. So I'm, I'm slowly building my team. I have like, you know, there's so many people to hire, like one single could cost you at least $20,000 just to release. Um, and that's just the release. That's not even just recording it. It takes a lot of money. Um, thankfully, we have royalties nowadays <laughs> and uh, grants and stuff like that. And but that's why I worked because I needed I needed to work to support my music and I needed to work to support my house. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm a workaholic, I guess, in some ways. But sometimes I just need a break. I try to balance it as much as I can in ceremonies. You know, in the summertime, I I try and go to all those because it like grounds me again. Okay, good. Let's talk about that. Because I remember having a conversation with you years ago, and you were, and you had just finished your first Sundance. And I remember you telling me about it, because I've never been to a Sundance, and I wanted to know what it was like. And I remember you describing the energy, um, and that you could feel the energy. And you know, you're talking about, you know, you're praying for for all of the things in your life and the people and everything. And you were just, you, 
the energy that you were describing, I could relate to it, even though I'd never been there. Um, and I hope to go experience um, and go and support somebody when they're sun dancing one day. But could you tell me about that experience and about how it has helped you in your in your music and in, in just in your personal journey as well? Yeah, so I, my family's been going to Sundance and but, but um, I was never really interested. Like, I always just thought like, oh, yeah, there's like fasting camp or whatever. Like, I've been there, done that kind of thing. And I was like, I don't want to go to that. And I was like, still drinking a lot and, you know, everything like that. And then, um, you know, uh, Jared, my cousin passed away. And he was a Sundancer when he had died. But I didn't understand it. Like, I had no idea. Like, I was like, well, whatever. What, I don't know what a Sundance is. And even though my mom and my stepdad were very, very involved in it, I wasn't really close, you know, into that. I just never paid attention. And so the first year that I went was the year that my cousin had passed away because we went there as a family to support. They were, my family was having a giveaway on his behalf because he was passed. He passed away and he wasn't done his four years, but we wanted to have that giveaway ceremony on his behalf and, you know, in his honor, I guess, and um, for everybody that was there. So that was the very first time that I went was because of that. I was like, okay, I'll come there and support my family, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went and it was just like, I couldn't get enough. Like I just was so, um, I just needed to sit in there that whole time. And at that time, it was a very dark time of my life, you know, because like he was, he was killed. He was murdered. And um, that's a really hard thing to go through as a family. Like, and I you was were like, close, right? Like this, like me, me and age. my two cousins. Yeah, me and my two cousins, we grew up literally like siblings, basically a very, very close family. So that was pretty much like losing, you know, my big brother. Um, and it was very, it was very difficult. I had a lot of anxiety back then. I was like super bad PTSD. I didn't, I didn't know it um, at that time, but you know, I, I could see it now. And I had a lot of struggles. Like I was literally like after that, I was like, well, if it could happen to him, it could happen to me. And I was literally like every time I'd get out of my vehicle, I'd have like my hand in my purse and made sure I had a knife ready, like in case somebody came and tried to kill me. It was just crazy. It was like my head was nuts. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, doing like first aid at work, um, I just broke down because there was like injuries that we were looking at. And I was like, I can't do this. Like there's just no like I was so uh, my head was so messed up um from that from that trauma mm -hmm. so going to that ceremony was like wow like this is where I can come and just let it all out you know let it all give it to the creator and then and get re-energized re again and it was not long after that first one that I started following the sober the sober life because it was also affecting me when I was drinking I would start getting really upset you know uh like I said I was at PTSD head and um, it would come out as anger by the end of the night. And I didn't like that. I didn't like to be that angry, an angry, drunk person. Like, that's just not who I am. I was always, I was waking, like, you know, go out and get up embarrassed of myself or whatever, for whatever I was going through. And then, so I stopped drinking. And then um, a few years passed, I started going to ceremonies all the time and just trying to find myself again and um, support my family because we were all going through it together and trying to be strong for my grandma and my mom you know because he was living with my mom at the time so like my mom and him were very very close they were probably closer than me and her were at that time because I was never around I, I worked up north and then I went to school and I didn't really come around very much down south 
So they were probably like a lot closer than I was. I didn't get close to my mom until after that, I guess. Uh, like we were, were, you know, mother daughter, but yeah. mother daughters have their problems, you know, especially when I was still drinking and everything like that. And she was, you know, going to ceremonies and stuff. It was like a long journey. Um, but I, it, it literally like saved, it saved my life. You know, I needed to be there. Then they announced that they were going to be taking that ceremony as a sister ceremony in Grand Rapids. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go then. This is my home, you know? And uh, so I did my four years in, well, I did three years. And then my last year I was, um, I had given birth to my son. So I was breastfeeding. And if I had went in, I wouldn't been able to continue. And he was only like a few months old at that time. So my husband had to finish for me in my last year, but um, I'm probably going to go again. (laughs) Do another four, four years. <laughs> Not right now though, because he's doing it now. <laughs> so yeah, like it, it, and it's it's helped me and my husband's relationship as well. I think that way too, because we that's all we used to do was drink. That's how we got together. We used to just go and you know have a good time every weekend, and um, we're both part of that uh, that same group of friends that just like we just went out and we would spend like how much money, you know, just we had a really good time. I don't regret it. <laughs> But it has to stop sooner or later. <laughs> yes. And, and had you still been in that life, you wouldn't be where you are today. Right. No, you wouldn't, wouldn't have not, all of these amazing things. No, I mean, like that, that brought me on with worth. It wasn't long after I got sober that I wrote worth. So I, I like everything happens for a reason. And but a lot of like, I, I realized too, like, since I started going to ceremonies and realizing like, you know, the like energies and stuff like that. And it just like helped me grow so much as a person, like, mm-hmm. just even just like, being sit like, if I was going to write a song, I have to sit there for a few minutes before I start and be like, okay, hey, I'm ready for the universe to give me this song. And I have to like, let it out. And like, allow it to come. And then it just usually they'll come pretty quickly when I do that. Um, but I believe that everything is energy now <laughs> and I understand like little things a lot more like since going to ceremony it's not just yeah I don't know it's just it's 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 a long um it's, it's not something you life. can ex- explain in a couple yeah. of sentences yeah I get you but yeah. um you know when I wrote my when I finished my book the year that I finished writing my book because I had been writing it for years and years and years and it just like pieces here, pieces there, and really struggling with myself to to force myself to find the time to make the time to just do it. And then the the year that I decided that this was going to be the year that I finished, I quit everything. I quit drinking. I quit gambling. Uh, I just everything had to go, and people were mad at me, like because I wasn't fun anymore. You know, I was boring and I, when I would go out with them or do anything, I, I would be sipping on like a diet Pepsi or whatever, but it was so important for me to not have any negative blocks in my way. I needed that clean, clear energy because it was this, the book was so important to me that I had to do that for myself. I had to. And then when I did, the story felt like it came from another place. Um, Some days I would meditate before I wrote um, or I would pray. And um, I would ask God creator to send me a story that was going to be helpful and not hurtful, that it was going to reach the ears of the people that needed it. 
And so when I'd be typing and I, and I, I would be sitting in my truck typing and like trying to write my book, but the, um, it was like the story was coming from somewhere else through me, you know, onto the computer. It was yeah. just like such an, a spiritual experience. Yeah. That's exactly how, how worth was. There was, yeah, there, I, I was driving home. I think I was coming home for a night shift and on my way home, I'd found out that there was, um, a whole bunch of suicides up north and I'm like man that is so sad because I used to be suicidal when I was young I remember that time and I lost I lost a stepdad to suicide as well my brother's or my sibling's real dad was uh he committed suicide when I was 13 or 15 15 Mm -hmm. so I have like a really really I don't know. I cry all the freaking time. I <laughs> such a big, I cry over everything. So I literally cried the whole way home, went to work and I'm like, okay, I have, like, I went and did like all the stuff that I was doing. And it was like three, two o'clock in the morning or something. And there was, I was done all my rounds. I was done everything. And then now it was just time to like do my computer stuff and just kind of sit there. And I'm like, I need to write a song about this. And, um, literally 10 minutes worth was done like I've never written a song that and it's just like it's exactly that it was a spiritual thing and I don't think it was me writing it I think it was given to me it was a gift and that's how I find um most of my songs I think are and like if I have to try a lot if I have to try really hard then it's probably not gonna happen (laughs) I I look at them okay like even a song or something's not working out an idea I'm like okay let's move on to the next thing because this is not working this is not what's going to come through today um and I it's kind of like a like a like a psychic like a psychic kind of feeling you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. like okay you know you know when it's coming and you know when it's not and um yeah like I I don't know how people can write every single day but yeah I wish I was like that but I'm just not everything for me yeah. is like a spiritual sense and it's like when it's ready it'll come kind of thing right but yeah I totally understand that that's exactly that's the word I was looking for it's very spiritual experience mm-hmm. and worth Oh, that's such a good song. And then the video that goes with it. Oh, my God. Yeah, even the video. That's See, that's what I mean. Like, th- that whole song was not that I'm just the I'm just the messenger on that. Even the video, like the video cost, um, I think it was close to $10,000, which I did not have back then. Mm-hmm. There was no freaking way I was going to find for some reason, I don't know how it how, like, I asked around and the word got out that I was doing this video and all that money came in as um people just giving it to me yeah. like it was so strange yeah like organizations and everything else just donating the money um the Winnipeg police officers donating their two officers for us like it was meant to happen that way yeah it's a it's a great video like it really is and you know with your songs I love your songs as soon as they come out you know I was buy them right away like it's the second Thank that you, you launch them I'm, I'm I buy them but what I what makes me really happy about your music is the next song is just it's better than the next and then it's better than the next and then it's better than the next <laughs> like I can go through all of your songs and they're so good and I play them like in this in the in the vehicle and the kids all like they all recognize your music and stuff too so good Thanks. that's awesome yeah I'm really so, looking forward to the next the next stuff ah it's always good to just grow right that's yeah that's the way I look. So let's talk about some of the cool things that have happened to you recently, because I know that you were at like the CCMAs and you had some award nominations and you've been uh, playing at like Dauphin Country Fest. Like you've had some pretty cool things happen. 
It's crazy to think about because I remember when I was 18, the first time I went to, to Dolphin Fest, you know, I was there and I'm like, man, I'm going to be here one day. I don't care how I'm going to get here, but I'm going to be here one day. And then they started having a talent competition. So I went um, and I was able to make it. So I did sing on the main stage a few times before I even started playing um, my own stuff. But like all of this is all just manifesting stuff, stuff that I've manifested for years. And then like finally, so the year that I got pregnant, a whole bunch of gigs came in at once that I was like waiting for, like for years waiting for. And I was like, finally, this is all happening. And guess what? They're all happening a month after I was going to give birth. So I had to say no to all of them. <laughs> like my like, baby is this a joke? for him for years. Like all the things that I ever wanted all came at once. And I had to put all the music stuff aside and just like focus on my son. And um, I remember being like super uh, FOMO. You know what I mean? Fear yeah. of music. I was like, oh my God. Everybody was at CCMAs. And I was like, I wish I was there, but I have my beautiful baby. You know, but it was like, and then COVID hit. Oh. oh. So then that sucked. So I, I was supposed to play Dolphin Festival. I was like, I think I was on their bill for four years, <laughs> but I only played once because it would just never happen. Like, yeah. you know, the first year I had, I got pregnant the second year and the third time where it was COVID and, um, it might've even been three times with COVID, but I, and then finally this year I was able to perform, but I think everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Cause I don't think if, if I, if I did it, three, four years ago, I don't think I would have been prepared enough. I think I would have had really bad anxiety about it. I'd probably mess up my whole set and probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> no matter how much I wanted it back then, there was just like, I was not ready. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I can do you. like, yeah, I can do, I can do an hour and a half set now. Like, that's fine. But that's a lot of songs and that's a lot of singing. And I had to like really work on it. Like, so before Dolphin Fest, I was practicing every single weekend and almost every second night to build up my vocals, not so that I can end so I can remember the words, but to build up my vocal like capabilities and the muscles in there. It was just like, that was a huge, like that took a long time to get there to be able to sing for a whole hour. And it was supposed to be, my set was supposed to be an hour and 15 minutes. But so we had like extra songs just in case. And then we get there and they're like, no, you only have an hour now. So we got cut. So that was good. Cause I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's a nice, you know, still get paid the same amount. I don't care how long I'm up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was just so cool to experience. And then a bunch of my friends came from the pod that I haven't seen in a long time. And they're like, been watching my career just as long as, you know, as everybody else. And so they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. You're a Dolphin Fest. And then. So that was really fun. And then, you know, Festival de Voyager was another one that I got to play. Of course, it was still COVID. So I played in like, if you can imagine, it's a trailer. It's a heated trailer that had a glass front. I was like literally a, an animal. Like you're coming there to watch an animal. <laughs> like at the zoo. <laughs> like you see the cages with all the monkeys in it. And that was me. <laughs> it was so oh, funny. that damn COVID. <laughs> so funny and like we we did it like it was fine and um you know but that was another one that I remember going to watch Leonard Sumner uh way back in the day he was playing there and I was like this is the coolest venue ever I've never even been here before like I didn't even know this existed I would love to come and play here and then like a few years later I got to play so that was really that was really awesome 
Um, and then, you know, I did my, my first tour with in Ontario and that just worked out the way it worked out too. Like, it was just super funny. Like one person asked me and then the next week, another person asked me the next week, another person asked me. So it just ended up that I had a tour. It wasn't that I planned out like, Oh, I'm going to go on a tour. <laughs> of Ontario. <laughs> no, I happen to be in the area actually. So let's just hit up all these places. It was really good. You know, like singing in Niagara Falls, like who I would never have thought that I would do that. That's so cool. Um, mm-hmm you know different places like that I went to the oldest place in Canada when I was there like not like the old like the in Canadian history. oh yeah yeah obviously yeah. not the oldest place in Canada but like the history in that's in that place like that was one of the first settlements um for the government or whatever so that was strange to see and like be around I guess you know like like that old old history really beautiful town and then going to the CCMAs, I had six showcases this year, which is ridiculous. Like most people don't have that many. That's I lucked out this year um, because I didn't go last year. I think um, I haven't been there for a few years. I went for two year, two or three years in a row, and then I stopped because of my baby and COVID. And then, yeah, then I went like this year, and I got all those showcases thankfully because I haven't been there for so long. I think that's what happened, and that was just a crazy experience because I got to meet a lot of different people this year like a lot of different um because a lot of the showcases that we play are songwriting rounds so there's more than just like there's me and a couple other artists so I got to meet all those artists but they were all managed artists and I got to meet their managers and their managers were coming up to me and like oh that you have an incredible voice and like they're following me on socials now and making sure you know like and then they they check in on me once in a while and so that's really cool. So I feel like I'm in that position now where I'm just like, okay, where's my management now? Because I need help. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm waiting for it to happen. But it's like, yeah, it's gonna I think it's gonna be a little bit more longer than than I than I anticipated. And yeah, so then we had the MCMAs recently, which is the Manitoba Country Music Awards, where I was nominated for four, and that's really fun too. So yeah, just a, like a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff going on, that's for sure. It's just crazy to think about. Like, I, I don't often sit there and think like, oh, I did this. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I'm always looking at the future, you know? Mm-hmm. So sort of sit back and like, look at all the things that I've actually done. It's like, holy man, I've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so where would you say you are right now? Do you say you're right in the middle of all of the busyness? Or are you at a point where you now have to, you know, reevaluate, like evaluate your future and set some new goals? Or where do you where do you think you're at? Like right now? Definitely, definitely new goals are being set. Um, You know, I'm talking to a whole bunch of different people. I started recording again. I started writing with really like, I normally used to write by myself. And then, you know, take it to my to my producer, Murray. And then he would do the the writing for the music part, but I would sit there and sing him like all the lyrics and melody were done um, by the time I got there. And so this time I'm actually doing co-writes with a bunch of different people. So that's like, I did a co-write with Crystal Shawanda, which is like amazing. Like she's been my hero since she first came out. You can let go now, daddy. I still even remember, like I met her at Dolphin Fest one year and I bawled my face off because I was just so proud of her. And then now I'm writing with her. Like, that's crazy to me a bunch of different people have reached out recently that are more established than I am to do right for me that's like a huge thing is like I'm now making giant leaps in the writing side of things so I'm just kind of working on you know getting a whole group of songs together that are going to really represent like the real me and the stories that I have to tell I found myself there for a while like trying to like write songs specifically for radio 
and radio is a whole different like radio songs and other songs you know there's a whole um world out there without without radio songs so I feel like I'm I, I'm not going to be writing f- specifically for radio, but I'm just going to try to write really good songs and hopefully radio picks it up. And if they don't, then that's okay because I know that these songs need to be told. These stories need to be told. And yeah, like I'm just like, like I said, I'm looking for management. I'm going to be, you know, working on that. Like my next, my next goal this year is getting management and getting my team together. I have like, you know, my PR and I have my digital marketing and I have all these other people in there but I still need people like there's there's people out there that have connections to Nashville that can get you songs that Maren Morris is not gonna record herself but she's written and she's a really good freaking writer you know and um there's those connections that I'm trying to make now it's like okay well what's my next step you know right and then yeah and then you but then you have to get up and go to work and make (laughs) and then it's like I could be using this time to get yes exactly and that's where I feel like once I have a once I have a manager set in place, then that's going to be like my time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my two years leave. This is going to be my chance. This is my window. You know, if it doesn't happen in two years, then I can come back, you know, and that's that's the good thing about being able to take that leave. Like, I know I'll have my job back when I come back. Yeah. Um, But I do need I don't want to do that without having my team together. And, you know, I want to do it strategically. So I'm not sitting here broke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will put out those good thoughts for you. So um, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you was which song has had the most success for you in your career? It's super hard to say because like, obviously, Hangover Blues did really, really well. But Worth did really well for its time. Like yeah, if that right. song had come out now, it's it would have been a lot, I think, a lot different. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with the timing of it. Um, so Worth was probably my most successful. But as for like numbers and everything like that, you know, the last like Hangover Blues and um, Somehow Someone, This Song Sucks, those all were very, doing very, very well. And same with uh, my my latest uh single stay wild child that's doing so well on streaming platforms and like getting into the doors of bigger radio stations that I've never gotten into before so it's like super hard to say which one is the most successful because of like it's like different successes if that (laughs) yes I know exactly and because I'm thinking okay my favorite song was stay wild child oh no it was um (laughs) uh highway town or oh like when highway town like when you when you that for when I first heard that song I was like oh my god she's singing my song (laughs) (laughs) thank you that's so funny yeah like yeah it's just like it's been a crazy ride so where can we look for you where can we watch you and where can we support you I think, you know, following me on social medias and sharing all my stuff is probably like the the best support that I can get because those numbers, unfortunately, do mean a lot. And, you know, the shares and everything like that to get the word out. That's like probably the biggest thing. So like Instagram um, would be would be like my main one. I think I'm really funny on TikTok, too, but it's not really a music account. It's more of a (laughs) I'm just a loser on there. (laughs) So if you want to come laugh around, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) that one's always fun too (laughs) but Instagram I feel like is like the most place where I'm connected to most of like the other like into the industry 
okay. is the most important. So jade.turner.music is where you can find me on there. Okay. So what we'll do is I'll put your Instagram links in the show notes. Um, do you have like a, a website or? Yeah, I have, a, I have a link tree link that you can share okay. and then it has everything on there. Okay. And then I'll also put your TikTok handle. <laughs> you have some funny I think TikToks. it's in my link tree too, actually. <laughs> funny. Okay. I love TikTok. <laughs> All right. So I just want to say thank you for coming on today and sharing some of your stories. And I love watching your music journey. And, you know, just one day you keep at it. Like you've been consistent now for years. It's just going to blow up even more. I just know it. I hope so. CCMAs, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode. Don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today, or share on your social media and inspire all your friends. And if you'd like some live inspiration, join us on December 2nd in Winnipeg at our live event. Just visit www.jillfeatherstone.com for details. Bye for now.